Hello, and welcome to another episode of the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. Sarah, we really, really, really need to get a shorter name. Um, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome. I, I should add, that's not your fault. It's just I couldn't think of anything better. So <laughs> I blame you as always. Yes, yeah, clearly it's my fault. I'm at the arse end of the world. <laughs> I, I, I'm allowed to say that. We have a Prime Minister who, who coined that phrase for us, so... <laughs> Our politicians are pretty good, actually. The Prime Minister before him used to hold the Guinness World Record for downing a yard glass of beer. I thought you were going to say the Guinness World Record for swearing in public. <laughs> oh, we're pretty good at that in Parliament, too. And actually, yesterday we had uh, the leader of our opposition party literally jumped up and tried to run out of Parliament like a scared little kid <laughs> because he'd been grandstanding about a politician um, who was formerly of the government party and is now independent because he's in the midst of a, a corruption scandal, uh, who, who was going to side with them on a vote. And so he tried to run out before they locked the doors so that he wouldn't have to vote. You see, you're, you're not doing anything about my stereotypes of Australianness, really. <laughs> no, not really. Except, you know, I, I would suggest that politicians are not necessarily the measure against which all Australians should be held. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> well, how about cyclists? I've heard you've got some good cyclists. Oh, yeah, but we send all of them overseas. I think we do that the wrong way around, actually. I think we should send all our politicians to live in abysmal conditions in other parts of the world and keep our cyclists here. <laughs> ah, but anyway, it's been a big weekend cycling. There's been all sorts of stuff happening, and we're recording right now on the 31st of May, which means that we're able to accurately, completely, utterly, with 100% certainty, predict exactly who's going to make it to the Olympics with how many riders until the UCI fucks it up again. I was going to say, when you say accurately, I kind of think of it more as we can make it up, apply logic, then realise the UCI don't apply logic, and get it all wrong and have to apologise three days later. Does that sound okay? <laughs> sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. Actually, if, if we'd been more prepared, I would have set up a dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see which was more accurate, our, our actual calculations or the dartboard? Well, I do have a hat and <laughs> some pieces of paper, so, you know, we can, we can always do it that way. True, true. Maybe we should do it Eurovision style, actually. You know, everyone gets to vote for who gets how many places. That's entirely political, and we know the Swedes have been selling favours for decades to win. <laughs> you can never trust the Swedes. So yes, yeah, cycling, it's been crazy. There's like been three, I don't know, there's probably been races in Russia and places like that, but there's been three big races last week. And the number of riders that have been taken out with collarbone injuries, it's really, really weird week. Yeah, totally. Um, the, I guess, well, maybe not the biggest one, but the one that certainly struck me biggest was uh, Kristen Armstrong's terrible uh, drop in the prologue of the Exegy Tour. Or yeah, she... Um yeah, it was a three, three. I think it's three point eight, three point two kilometer. Um, uh, I, I, ITT mm. prologue of the Exegy Tour. It's the first time in ages that they that they've had a UCI race in the USA, a UCI stage race in the USA, I should say. And the weird thing is that Kristen Armstrong um, actually helped design the course. 
and it's all in her old it's all in um it's all in her old stomping grounds you know places she rides every day so it was uh, it was kind of like the women's equivalent of criterium international you know the ends invitational um, <laughs> exactly well you know it was an interesting one to start off with because obviously exergy was sponsoring the tour and exergy also sponsored Kristen armstrong's team and then Kristen was designing the course. It was in her hometown. So it was very much um, about her. And that's not a bad thing. She's a really big name. She's a former Olympic and world time trial champion. She's won all sorts of good races. And she's just back um, after a couple of years out having a baby. So, But she's come back to try and get to the London Olympics. And the whole thing was this was the first time that Kristen Armstrong, Amber Neben and Evelyn Stevens were going to be racing each other in, directly head-to-head in an, in an ITT. Um, not the early prologue one, but one later on in the race. And that was supposed to be the one that decided who gets to go to the Olympics, which two of those three get to ride the ITT in the Olympics. So, you know, it's like just delayed that decision a little bit more. And made it really complicated, actually, and it was already complicated. Well, look, I think it's squarely the UCI's fault anyway, because <laughs> I, I I don't understand why they insisted that Kristen had to put the baby seat on the back of the time trial bike and then have it level. It just seemed unfair. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it's a real shocker, and she was like the second ultimate rider to go off as well. You know, so drama from the start. Uh, Exergy. Uh, um, it was a bloody good race, though. I mean, Specialized Lululemon just well ate it for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. I mean, they well, they did to it what Leaky Gas Cannondale did to the Tour of California. You know, they just owned it. It was. I did have a bet with someone that we we did actually predict that they'd win every stage before the race started, and they only won three out of four. No, sorry, they, they only won three out of oh, five. Well, well, um, what, so, what a disappointment to us all. I know, but the the first so the the prologue was actually all Canadian, which is hilarious. So you know you've got the pro. It's this big American race, big American teams, and there you have three Canadians on the podium in the first in the in the prologue. Well, yeah, but so, that that makes sense too. It's downhill from Canada. <laughs> it can only be so. You had Tara Witten, who I'm um, Tara Witten. She's amazing. She only came into cycling a couple of years ago. Um, she was a skier and in her spare time does a PhD in neuroscience. She's one of those. <laughs> oh my God. So Tara Witten is just, she's, she's been the um, World Omnium champion a couple of times and, I, and she's always, she's a really good shoe and for the last couple of years you can pretty much bet on Tara Witten coming in the top 10 of the um, World ITT. Well, the hot rumour is that she plays the best mind games in the peloton. <laughs> How do you mean? Oh, neuroscience. <laughs> There we go. In second place, you had Gillian Carlton, and she's a pursuit specialist on the track. And so when you put pursuit specialists on the track um, to race a 3.2-kilometer flat ITT that only go, only turns to the left, it's like there are going to be some nervous conclusions. And in third place is Clara Hughes. And, oh, my God, Clara Hughes! Clara Hughes! Do you know about Clara Hughes? Uh, yeah, she's the writer Hazardal of the Canadian women. Yeah. <gasps> It is so much more than riding. riding. <laughs> oh God! I know you're trying to bring me up. She's she's amazing. So Clara, she was um, she used to combine cycling with speed skating. Um, she, as you do, Canadian. She, I think she was she she would just basically go between go flip between the sports and just win everything. Well, not quite everything, but she was 
just fantastic. She's multiple. Um, she's got medals in the Olympics and the Winter Olympics, which is fantastic. And she's come back for a laugh to see whether she can get um, see see how she can do it at the Olympics this year as well. And she's on Specialized Lululemon, of course. And it's just I mean, she's an amazing character. Everyone, look up Clara Hughes. She's fantastic, and you'll never regret it. www.clara-hughes.com. Anyway, whizzing through the rest of the race. Stage one, um, won by Teresa Cliff Ryan, who uh, is a sprinter for Exergy and yes. uh, Kristen Armstrong's team. And she actually out-sprinted Ina Yoko Sutenberg, which was incredible. So we crashed out Kristen Armstrong in the prologue. And then in stage one, there's this massive crash. And Georgia Bronzini, who's the current world champion, was taken off in an ambulance. It's like, oh, my God. Um, luckily, Bronzini was fine. Hooray. Yes. And was that was back on the bike the next day, but it just looked a bit mad. And for reasons I'll tell you later, it was it's been a you know just who else was going to who else were going to take out this week? Um, stage two was the ITT, which was an all specialised podium. And Maneben won with Evie Stevens in second and Clara Hughes third. So that's really going to confuse people um, in terms of the Olympic selection. And Amber took over the yellow jersey. Stage three was supposed to be the Queen's stage, but it was won by Ina Yoko Tutenberg out of a group of about 26 bunch sprinty. So it wasn't as hard as everyone predicted. Mm, mm. Stage four was won by Claudia Hausler of Green Edge AIS. Ah, uh, yes. And stage and stage four was actually um, where Amber Nebin lost the yellow jersey, and she lost it to Ebby Stevens. She just passed it to another teammate. Look, I've won the ITT. You can have the yellow jersey. Let's all share it. And the end up podium turned out to be um, Ebby Stevens, Amber Nebin, Clara Hughes, all specialised Lululemon all the time. It was that. <laughs> And the crowd goes wild. Yes. And the crowd goes wild. You know what the best thing about the race was? It was live streamed on Tour Tracker. Yeah. And um, unfortunately for me, it uh, it coincided with getting to work in the morning. So I was usually riding or just getting set up at work and, and kind of missed it. But I did enjoy seeing, um, you know, everyone on Twitter and, and that sort of thing. Talking about how great it was to have that level of, of access and information and reporting on the race it was good yeah and the stages if anyone's interested the stages are still up at www.exergy.thetourtracker.com and so you can watch them i mean it was funny you find yourself you know what it's like you generally watch races through ropey streams that mm. cut out way through and you're not complaining about them and it was a little bit like that with a tour track you know freeze and close and then you're thinking how the hell am i complaining you know this is the oh this is maybe only the second stage race uh, in the women's calendar i get to see on tv and i'm whining about it typical bloody brit <laughs> <laughs> excellent no it's um look i think it's a great step forward uh for a number of reasons one you know the fact that they even applied that technology to the race is brilliant Two, mm. that, that so many people avail themselves of it, I think is great because it, it sends a really strong message that uh, that people are genuinely interested in following women's races and, and seeing them. We're hungry as an audience for more of that. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and three, and this is, this is you know, secondhand reporting, but from the, the reports I've read from people who were there, it, it sounds like there were quite great crowds for, for um, a lot of the stages, so... And great crowds coming out in the rain, because while we have beautiful, blissful sunshine here in Britain, I think it just mm. rained on them all week. 
<laughs> so, so well done, Idaho. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well done, Exeter. I mean, the only thing I hope is that it happens again. You know, this, 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 we, there's, there's been that race, and there's also been the Tour de Free State down in South Africa. Yes. And both races are, have been new to the UCI for this year, have been quite important in the, in the whole Olympic qualification process for those countries. So it's just me, my, my, my one beg to both races, please, please, please come back next year. We love you. Interestingly <laughs> enough, that relates to something that I'm going to be bringing up towards the end of the program, which is my crazy idea for the week on how to improve women's cycling so yeah oh, well I'll, I'll look forward to that because i the word crazy jumps out at me and slaps me around the face there well that's that's what the word's meant to do um i'm pretty <laughs> sure if you look it up in the dictionary it's a picture of john cleese slapping you in the face with a wet fish <laughs> pretty sure I mean, on to the Tour de Free State. Um, it was it, it was four stages in South Africa. Um, it actually didn't do Friday, so it was raced Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And there was some men's race as well, um, and it was won and it was won by Emma Johansson from High Tech Mistral, um, the mm. Swede, Sweden again. There's been a theme um, about Swedes this week in the press. Well, they're still bitter about Britain allegedly having pipped them at the post and taken that fourth rider. <laughs> yes, on to that one later. No, I mean Emma Johansson won. She the first it was so the stages were won by Alona Andrik of Ukraine in the first stage. Um second stage was won by Laura van der Kamp, um a young Dutch rider who rides for Dolman's um Dolman's bowls and she's really one to look out for. Emma Johansson won the third stage and Ashley Mulman, um from South South African rider who rides for a lotto and who'd been her big GC contender, Ash won the fourth stage. Awesome. Uh, but it was not enough to push Johansson off the slot. So, you know, congratulations to all the riders down there. Well done. Yeah. It, it and the, did sound like it was quite a good race. Oh, it looks great. I mean, you've got yeah. all these photos of, you've got, it was a whole load of, I mean, South Africa is a great place for women's cycling development. Mm. They've got um, they've got a deal with Lotto where they just they, they've got a whole load of South African riders riding for Lotto Bellasol at the moment, and they're really they're really ha coming up with creative ways to help their riders get to become in the to, to, to ride against the best in the world. So you know, I, I'm I'm really I'm a really fat, real big fan of the of the Tour de Free State, and yeah. you know, although I, I'm a little concerned at some of the training methods. I mean, I I understand wanting to get their riders so that they can compete with the best in the world but you know sending them out on the tt course and then unleashing a pack of hyenas that you've starved <laughs> for a week seems a little extreme to me but oh I, you know they just harden uh, the fuck up it's well just... I, I admit i'm not a ds or or, or have any yeah. experience in that field so you know <laughs> there's probably a reason and the other big news so we had Kristen armstrong breaking her collarbone in america and you're going to love this story. This story, uh, people sometimes go, Mariella Voss, yeah, you're a bit of a fangirl. Yes, I am. And this is why. Mariella Voss also broke her collarbone. So, last Friday, we had this race called, um, well, it's got about five names. One name is Holland Hills. It's also called Park Hotel Ruding Hills Classic. But basically, it's Valkenburg, yeah? Yes. And this is a that goes four or five times over the Kalberg. I can't remember. It's just basically sends them around the hills of Valkenburg, sticks them up the Kalberg, and then just makes them ride up it again. And again. And again. And again. And, yeah, and uh, bugger it one more time. Yeah, exactly. Why not? You know, the men, Amstel Gold, fuck that. You know, let's just mm. do it. Let's just do it five times. And it's on the world's, it's on the course that the world is going to be racing, racing on later on in the year. 
So it's early on into the race. Um, out ahead are Mariana Voss from Rabobank and Sharon Laws from rrdrinkleontien.nl. And I've got to admit, I'm a fangirl of both of those riders. Uh, Sharon's got one of the craziest stories about how she got into cycling. And it's just uh, a Jens Voigty type rider. Was it on know. a deer? <laughs> it was pretty much you have to look her up sometimes she's just got a, she used to ride she she was a, she's this big conservation worker she had, a, had an, an msc from i don't know where she's you know she's working in working in conservation projects in africa and she used to ride these ridiculous adventure races and you know she got this famous she got this quote in this article about yeah yeah that was another one i ended up on a drip afterwards um and she won the amazing Cape Epic, uh, an Epic, which is a team mountain bike race in South Africa. Yep. And Epic is overused in general, but um, not in terms of this race. It's actually an understatement. But Cape Epic, they do things like they ride through rivers. They practically do get chased by lions. Do you know what I mean? It's yep. like, it's yep. just spectacular. And you're like her. She's, she's practically an adopted Australian. Um, she was, it was in Australia that she first started actually racing road bikes. And I think she came second in the Australian National Championships one year, as you do, yeah. and um, wondered if that was a good result. And well, yes, to be fair, we, we are pretty slutty as a nation. If you can win at some kind of sport, we'll call you Australian. Ah, well, you'd like, I think she, she, worked, she worked out there for years. So, Sharon, so anyway... There's Sharon and Mariana, and they're out by themselves, and they're riding over the Calberg. And earlier in the race, Mariana has a mechanical, and, and I can't quite work out the timeline, but basically, Mariana's racing along, and she comes to a corner, and there's a race motorbike in the corner, yeah? And there's nowhere for her to go, and she crashes. Now, Mariana Voss, she rides track. She rides, and well, not just rides, she wins world championships in track. She wins world championships in cyclocross. She has the best bike handling skills. When she has a day off, she goes for a nice little bike ride, yeah? Hmm. If Mariana Voss can't get out of the way, there's nothing you can do. There's Voss. So Voss, she's on something like her sixth world title, and she's, you know, <laughs> not, she's only just 25. And a race motorbike takes her out. You're like... What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, uh, it's Voss. She gets back on her bike. She catches Laws. Um, Laws and Voss, they're dueling over the Kalberg a couple of times. Um, behind them, Annemiek van Vleuten uh, jumps from the chase group, catches them both. Annemiek's uh, Mariana's uh, teammate. Yep. So there they are, the three of them riding together. They get to the final ascent of the Kalberg. Sharon attacks. Um, Mariana counters. Van Vleuten sprints past them both and wins. Yeah, <laughs> Mariana comes in second, Sharon third. Mariana arms in the air. And afterwards, she turns up at the press conference with an ice pack on her shoulder because, you know, she's quite bashed up after this crash. And she's saying, oh, yeah, I've just got this minor injury. I'll go and check it out. She's ridden this, in, she's ridden this race, including at least three times over the Kalberg, with a fractured collarbone. As you do. Oh my god, she's just insane. Um, just wow. I mean, it, to be fair, it's and then and then she tweets a photo of it of her fractured collarbone, so we can all see. You know, I love a good. I love a good X-ray photo, though. Like <laughs> I, I do seriously. Um, I don't care if you're a pro cyclist or not. If you've got a broken bone and an X-ray, please, please tweet it to me. I, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? And then mm. you know, she's so got one of the best ride, the best rider in the world. Tweeting her broken collarbone for us all to see. 
just like, oh, Mariana, this is what, you know, this is just like the stuff legends are made of. She's just the most fantastic, fun, friendly rider. So, but it's a little bit of a trauma to have her broken because we're just coming up to a really, a, really, a, a big batch of racing. And her plan is, the, like everyone else, the Olympics and the Giro, um, Giro Don later on in the mm. year. So apparently she's not going to have to have an operation and she reckons she'll be back on the rollers pretty soon and the next day she was really disappointed and i think they're actually talking about her maybe starting on a saturday the alberg race the omloop Al- <laughs> alberg. because alberg i think alberg's where she's from every year before it's a little small race it's a little small race in the netherlands but every year she does beforehand a whole load of press she does riding clinics with kids you know she she takes people on rides in Alberg she loves it so she couldn't ride but she did turn up with her arm in the sling to present everyone with their flowers and generally support the race so oh that's her, awesome yeah yeah and um, and Van Vleuten having won uh uh Valkenburg the day before decided to win Alberg as well and she won that ahead of R.R.'s Shelley Olds and Australia's Amanda Spratt so yeah fun oh all that racing, I'm now exhausted. Oh, well, then I guess we should take a break. Oh, wait, we can't take a break because there's so much more racing coming up. There is indeed. Well, maybe you should tell us what your coming plan is for changing women's cycling. Oh, we're going to divert into that. Okay, let's do that. I think so. All right. Well, look, here's my theory. I figure okay. that in order to keep the conversation going... We need mm-hmm. to continuously throw up new ideas to progress women's cycling. Uh, last week, it occurred to me, and I think I'm onto something here, that yeah. um, perhaps the best thing that the UCI can do for women's cycling is leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's no real difference between that and what they're doing now. Well, yes, but <laughs> I mean, when, when, when you look at their obsession with sock heights and seat angles and... Uh, so on and so forth. I I feel that we may actually have a better chance of of growing the sport overall uh, and progressing in some sort of positive direction if we just quietly do it and then they can figure it out later on. That sounds that sounds like a good plan. I mean, it, yep. to be fair, yep. it is what's what's basically happening at the moment. But yes, um, so you that's, know, that's not the crazy idea yet, though. That's just the oh, okay. the prelude to the crazy that's idea. The, okay. That's the warm up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's the background, and so in the spirit of us taking this challenge on, yeah. I uh, I'm intending to each week when we do this little chat, throw up an idea. And okay. uh, and then you know hopefully the you know a good one will stick and people will get on board and it'll grow and turn into a thing and we'll all collectively work together to make women's cycling a little bit better and that'll be great and we'll feel I good about it. ourselves and yeah so this week's idea now yes I have, do a drum roll for you okay that I was a terrible drum roll you uh, can edit better one in well you need to do a better one first. <laughs> you okay, also so need week- a drum kit that sounds slightly less like a table <laughs> so this week's idea so this week's crazy idea uh is predicated on me somehow magically having five million dollars so let's okay. set that small detail of acquiring the five million dollars to the is side Austra- is that australian dollars uh they are they are still slightly more valuable than u.s dollars at the moment i believe so yeah let's go with those okay um, so they You've got $5 million in one pocket. Yes. And here's the idea. 
Now, okay. a, a short-term solution isn't a solution at all. We all know that. We all know that races that turn up in the Olympic year don't all stand the best chance of being races again the next year. So, uh -huh. this is a five-year plan. $1 million okay. per year over five years. Okay. Right? What we do is actually inspired partly by the Exergy Tour. Mm -hmm. We take five races. Pick yeah. five. Uh, Giro Don, Trofeo Binder, um, Exergy Tour to stick around, Tour to Free State, and we'll pick one of the classics a year and it can rotate for five years. I don't particularly care which. For okay. each of these races, we offer $200,000 in prize money. Yeah. If every team in the race has a minimum wage contract for their riders. Oh, that, yes. So we don't take away the existing prize money or whatever for any of those races. We're not interfering with the ability of the races to exist and do their thing. And if they can't pull together enough teams, if teams can't do it, then no one's being penalised. But instead, we're incentivizing races and organisers and, and teams to work together to find a way to make this happen. Mm. That's this week's crazy idea. I like it. I think we'll have to think some more about it and come back. I think we need to hear about it in the context of your more crazy ideas. Because I can imagine it's not just one solution, it's going to be a lot of solutions. Fair enough. But if you're listening and you do happen to have $5 million, I think... <laughs> I think that's a fantastic return on investment over the course of five years. You've got a global business that you want me to brand. I'll brand the <laughs> fuck out of it for you. You want, you want the really five most famous women's races in the world named after your business. Let's talk. I'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just see. You can just see the Australian planning his uh, planning his 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 desert island of choice to buy. So, well, what races are coming ahead? We've well, got um, the Philadelphia Let's Put Another Crack in the Liberty Bell race. <laughs> the Philadelphia Classic is always a good race. Sprinty, they always get huge crowds. It's fun. I think it was the Philly Classic where one year the women started after the men and then there were the men racing around when the women's peloton came hooning up behind them, overtook them, and as they overtook them, Ina Jokic-Tutenberg called them pussies for not riding fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's, uh, that's awesome. I don't know if that's true, I, but in my head it is. Um, yeah, so Philly Classic in America. Um, in, in Europe, we're, we're in the Spanish season. We should be having the GP Valladolid um, World Cup this weekend, but, you know, it's gone. But we've got the Durango Durango and Macmean Saria, which is Basque race, and that's just before they start heading up Basque Mountains um, next week. So that, that'll be fun times. But the big news, as you alluded to earlier, is this week we've actually got the um, the May rankings, the UCI rankings. Now, generally, we don't really care about the UCI rankings. They're just something that happens. They make no sense. But for the women, it's really important for the Olympics because, you know, it's happening in like eight weeks or something. So let's only just tell them now how many riders they get. And no surprise in the top five and it's been quite hard fought between Great Britain and Sweden um, because the top five uh, nations get to send four riders each. And it was looking a bit ropey about Sweden. But luckily, um, riders like Emma Pooney, Lizzie Armitstead, Sharon Laws have just really pulled it out of the bag. And Great Britain have come fifth. Well, um, luckily for you, uh, for Swedish fans, slightly less lucky. 
Yeah, that's true. But Sweden War is going to send Emma Johansson, and she's fantastic. And Amelia Farline's got a place. So, you know, it's all good, too, for Sweden. But, yeah, so the Netherlands, Germany, USA, Italy, and Great Britain send four riders. And then you down in Australia, seventh place, my dear, you get three riders along with Russia and Belgium and Canada and places like that. So, yeah, um, we don't know whether it's true or not. But if you log on to Podium Cafe, um, www.podiumcafe.com slash sections slash women's cycling then you can see my terrible attempt to get it right and it's <laughs> got it's got um by which we mean uh doing complicated maths which involves adding up all the points and then subtracting the points from last year's riders who are no longer riders this year multiplied by riders from 50 years ago who may be riding this year or have oh. a grandchild who is riding this year uh, divided by the number of riders over the history of the Olympics who have ridden, uh, multiplied by the cash contribution given to the IOC, and then yeah. the percentage is taken of that that goes to the UCI, and that determines where you stand on the rankings. Pretty much. It is It is made up. It is, it is calculated on the four best riders' performance over a year, but it's complicated. Mm. So... Uh, um, but yes, yeah, so we kind of know. So now, now, and that's actually just the prelude to a whole load of trauma for pretty much every country gets to cry over who the fuck they send, you know, because when you're only talking about four or th three or four riders, I mean, you could send a Dutch B squad that would still be better than most, um, than most, than most countries, uh, A squad. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm surprised half the Dutch riders haven't been, you know, deciding they're Belgian after all, or you know, getting getting Australian passports or something like that. So it'll be um. Fun you, time. you need an Australian passport? I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, you're politicians. <laughs> so yeah, so fun times. So yeah, so we've got. Um, so we're in America. We're in Spain, and yeah, it's all it's all looking fun. Um, a little bit of an apology to my good friend Jens, who hates the Olymp hates this Olympic focus with a passion. But it is the race that every single it's so important for the women. It's the race that's on national television. It's given. It's got the same weight as the men's race. Everyone knows what the Olympic Games is. So you know, it's yeah. To be honest, I I tend to side with Jens. I, I find the Olympics uh, horrifically outdated and irrelevant spectacle in general but fortunately for me the cycling's the only event that i actually care about at the olympics so you know i'm still <laughs> still interested and will watch yeah. keenly to see what happens yeah you, you say that but once the aussies once anna mears heads onto the track you're going to be saying it's the greatest competition on earth no i'm not that big on track either <laughs> oh oh omni you've got to you've got to be before oh you're not uh -huh. a good australian <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I think we established that two weeks ago when I confessed that I didn't really give a shit about the swimming, so. <laughs> like I said, if you need an Australian passport, let me know, because I'm pretty sure mine's not valid anymore. <laughs> cool. Um, so I guess we will be back next week to find out how right or wrong our Olympic predictions were and uh, yeah. to talk more Spanish racing, yeah? It'll be Spanish racing, we'll have stage races in the Netherlands, in Italy, and after that we've got the national championships coming up. So fun times. And all throughout June we're obviously going to be hearing hearing polemica about who gets to ride the Olympics, who doesn't get to go, so it should be good times. Excellent, and hopefully nobody will break a collarbone in between now and then, and I'll try yes. to come up with 
a truly, truly crazy idea on how we can all make women's cycling better. Maybe, that sounds like fun. I look forward to it. Maybe we'll just kill all the newborn males. <laughs> it's been tried before. It didn't go very well then. Well, first of all, we need a king named Herod. So, <laughs> Herod, Pat McQuaid, it's all sounding great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now that I've uh, really, really, really got myself into trouble with lots of uh, bad religious jokes, I think it's time to say goodbye. Bye-bye.